What's up, guys? My name is Matt Wilcox. I'm here with Matt McJunkins on Between the Mats. Make sure and check out our new podcast this week. Uh, we're going to talk about the Hogs and the Aggies and then preview a little bit about the Hogs and the Volunteers this Saturday's game. We'll also talk about our high school top five. We've had a shakeup in those, and we'll preview some upcoming games in those. This is Junk Vegas. Uh, Matt Wilcox Jr. and the Eastern Kentucky Colonels were off Saturday, but we'll be back this week for a matchup with Stephen F. Austin and also more picks from Crystal Ball. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Safeguard Insurance Studios. Your hosts, Matt McJunkins and Matt Wilcox, your source for Arkansas high school sports. You are now Between the Mats. And it is another day. Here at the American Safeguard Insurance Studio, another day for another podcast. Matt Wilcox here, along with myself, Matt McJunkins, episode three of Between the Mats. Matty Will, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, Junk. How are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. You know, it's week 10 in high school football in the state of Arkansas. Hogs, what are we coming in? Week six? I believe that's right. Yeah, week six. And then, uh, you know, it's exciting because we got the playoffs coming up in high school. The Hogs were kind of getting to see, you know, how good we really are. You know, we're winning football games, right? which we're not used to. <laughs> but we're also losing some games. You know, it's easy for us to get caught up in uh, being a new winning team, expecting to win every week. Sure, especially Razorback fans. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, because we went so long without winning, you know, what, almost three years without an SEC game. And now we're we got two of them under our belt, you know. Tough loss this weekend to the Aggies. Yeah, you know, I tell you what, coming into this game, I really didn't give the Aggies a whole lot of credit. I thought they were a little bit overrated. Um, I did think that they would win the ball game, but I'll tell you what, they played absolutely flawless. I mean, with that, you know, barring a couple of penalties, they just didn't make hardly any mistakes. Yeah, Matt, that's what I've got in my notes right here is the same wording. I mean, they played a pretty much flawless football game. That offensive line impressive. Is, it's unbelievable. And when you're a quarterback that's played for 12 years like Kellen Mond <laughs> in the SEC and you get cut, you know, you get blocking like that. Yeah. I mean, you can just have a field day every week. Absolutely. You can only guard somebody for so long. That's right. And as good as our secondary has been up to that point, I mean, you can't expect them to cover for eight to ten seconds. And, I mean, Coach Pittman talked about it after the game that, you know, they went from a three front to a four front. They brought blitzes from the linebacker position, the corner position, the safety position. I think they threw a couple cheerleaders at him. And, <laughs> and we just couldn't get to him no matter what we did. No, we couldn't. And, you know, I think I saw I think I think saw him get hit maybe twice. I can remember one for sure. Uh, but, like you said, there was just – I mean, he just sat back there. And, you know, when you run a three front and you're dropping a lot of coverage – you got to really have some dudes, especially against an offensive line like that. That's right. And, you know, to look at it on the other side of the of the field, I wasn't disappointed in our effort. I mean, I think offensively we got some things going. We got Boyd going finally, had over 100 yards rushing. Um, Frank's played a good ball game. Um, the only really knock that I would have against him is he held on to the ball a couple times when he should have got rid of it. Um, but all all in all, I thought offensively we played well. Yeah, and on defense, Matt, you know, we've we've really raved about the Hogs' defense this year because it's kind of seemed like it was out of nowhere that this this Barry Odom defense is just like 
locking people down, you know. Right. I think what we saw Saturday is a showing of exactly what he's done for this program being how his coaching has affected this team of players because we see if we don't create turnovers, we can't stop offenses. Right. You know, we gave up a lot of yards. We've given up a lot of yards all year long, but I think the schemes that he's bringing out every week has put these players who may not be as talented as some of these SEC defenses in position to create turnovers. Right. And I think, uh, you know, people may discredit how big of a loss Catalan was early in the ball. Oh, game. huge, yeah. man. And you take away your center fielder that, that's reading those passing lanes and, and, and jumping those lanes and taking some of those throws away that may, maybe makes uh, the quarterback second guess and go to a second or third progression, then it's a different ball game. That was a huge loss for us. Yeah, and, you know, I'm all about player safety, especially these guys that are downfield hitting each other. Really, I, I get a little uh, annoyed sometimes with the NFL and the quarterback you know, I said Friday or because you're a defensive guy. Well, you know, look, it's watching Sunday night. You know, they called. Uh, I forgot who was even playing. It was Dallas, but anyway, they they hit the quarterback. The defensive end hits the quarterback like at his hip, and they call a 15 yard penalty for getting in his legs. Right. And I'm like, why don't they just just from now on just start a new rule where if you touch the quarterback, he's down. <laughs> I mean, that way it's fair for defenses, and you get to keep these guys from getting hurt. But I, I hate the targeting penalty effect. Yeah. I love how it, I love the, the the mindset of protecting these players, and you know concussions are huge, you know, and, and neck injuries. But the result of an accidental penalty, yes, completely changing the. I don't know if you'd say it completely changes the outcome of the game, but it definitely affects completely affects a defense or an offense depending on the player that that gets ejected yeah and you're just totally penalizing these kids for making a mistake right i mean you're taking a a complete game away from them yeah on on a play that was out of their control and you will look at that that play especially Mm -hmm. he was getting tackled The, the receiver's getting tackled is turned by the defender that's tackling him and just kind of almost meets catalan head to head right yeah, Catalan, I mean, it was no doubt looking at it. It was what you would call a targeting penalty. He hit him in the head with his head. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a blatant all-out, I'm trying to knock you out. It was a guy going to make a tackle, and it's just the way that the two guys hit each other. Well, you know what I hate about the whole thing is not necessarily the penalty, but it's the ejection part of it. Yeah, that's you know, right. If, right. If, yeah, if they 15 just, yards is fine. Yeah, but don't eject the kids over that. I don't think anybody's intentionally going out there and trying to hurt somebody. Just and you could tell if they were, and yeah. then you could handle that separately. Right. Yeah, so, you know, make it maybe a 20-yard penalty or something like that, but don't eject the kid for it. I, I disagree with that totally. And, Matt, you were talking about the offense. Uh, our offense has made leaps and bounds. I mean, this week especially compared to where we've been, and I think Texas A&M's not bad defensively. No, not at all. Uh, but this this offense came out and performed. You know, we outgained them. Right. And, uh, you know, what we've seen from – uh, Franks is that he's not flashy. He's not going to do anything that's just going to really impress you other than he figures out how to get plays made. And, he's he, you know, he's throwing 64% right now mm-hmm. on the year. Uh, he's not – you know, we last week we laughed about him not really being a true running quarterback. He doesn't look like – even when he's running the ball, he doesn't look like a running quarterback. But he does make plays. And I think probably what he does better than anything is he doesn't 
doesn't get you in a bad – you know, other than taking a few sacks, right. he doesn't throw mistakes. Mm-hmm. He doesn't put you – he doesn't put you in a bad position as the leader of this offense. Right. So, we got the volunteers coming into town this week. You know, Tennessee's two and three on the season, has lost their last three ball games. You know, starting the season, they look pretty strong. Look like they were riding the momentum from last year, having a good year. They come into Razorback Stadium this this Saturday at 6.30. You know, looking at the stats, Junk, uh, Tennessee doesn't look very impressive. They've lost the last three ball games by an average score of 42-15. to 15. And uh, offensively, they're only putting up 323 yards a game, 188 in the air, 135 on the ground. Defensively, they're giving up 407, 254 passing, and 153 rushing. Yeah, I was just telling you when we got in here, you know, I, I don't see anything about Tennessee that's just impressive. You know, uh, by the way, uh, what's the difference between a UT fan and a puppy? You got me. A puppy will eventually stop whining. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that they're excited over there in Knoxville because they've been down too, like we mm-hmm. have. I mean, they've been bad at times. Uh, and they have come out and won some games. They're two and three just like us. But they have not done anything impressive, which, I mean, we haven't either, right. other than some people talking about our defense being pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, there's nothing that there's nothing about them that scares me. Um, I really believe that this is an opportunity for our defense to come out and really shut down an offense. I've got us winning by 12. I like the pick. You know, they've got a couple of dudes in the backfield in Eric Gray and Ty Chandler. They've rushed for over 630 yards, which is averaging about four and a half yards a carry this season. I think they're going to try to establish the the line of scrimmage early and try to keep the ball out of Garantano's hands, which yeah. I would too. He's a disaster waiting to happen. He does make some good plays, but, I mean, he just goes brain dead at times and just throws it into a crowd. Yeah. But I, I, I'm with you. I think our offense continues to get better and continues to roll under uh, Browse's new offensive system. I think defensively we we play good enough to get it done. I've got us winning by 10. Yeah. Now, I've only got him throwing for four touchdowns this whole year. That's right. You know, that's just not – I mean, he's throwing for 60%. He yeah. can complete a pass, but he can't – he doesn't seem like he's getting it done. Right. I'm with you. Hey, you know how to get a small – Oh, Lord. <laughs> do you know how to get a small business in Tennessee? How's that? Start a large, large business and let a UT grad run it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> well, that's going to get us into our high school picks from last week. We'll talk just briefly about those, mainly because I won again. Here we go. <laughs> so last week we changed it up with our lightning round. We had um, a total of 48 picks. Um, junk went 38 for 48, which is very respectable. 79%. That's the C average. You know, these are, these are for degrees. <laughs> C's is overachieving. <laughs> Hey, you're right there on the line, though. You're on the border. So, Junk was 38 of 48. I got him by one. I was 39 of 48, which is 81%. I think that Southwest Central game snuck up and got you. Oh, the darn Southwest team got me. I picked them to beat, win by one, right? Hey, they showed up. They only got beat by eight. They did. They played a good ball game. Yeah. I knew I shouldn't have picked them. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, oh, let me tell you this, though. He's got this weird system he's created for this pick deal. Like, he's got this point system. And he's just done this because he knows I'll never figure out how to do it. <laughs> so, he's like, oh, yeah, you have 3.78 points this week. And I'm like, okay. I don't know what that means, but apparently I'm losing. I always turn it to my favorite. <laughs> 
So overall, uh, I'm 50 of 60 on the year, and Junk's 47 of 60. We're having a lot of fun with it, and um, we'll continue to do it that way going forward. So that'll bring us into our uh, picks this week. We'll start with 2A. Junk will start us off. Yeah, man, I got four dice at number one still. You know, every week we've picked, I've had them at number one. I think you have two. They're 9-0. and uh, they just keep dominating. You know, they're good as any 3A team. And this year, this week, I'll say they may be as good as any 4A team. They're good. Uh, Desarc number two. Uh, I love I love the Eagles this year. I think they're they're really good. Uh, they're also 9-0. I've got Gurdon at three at 7-1. The Bigelow, is it Panthers? Panthers. Yeah, they're 9-0. You know I like them because they're so good on defense. Uh, Ten points per game. Uh, they'll play Hector this week to take home that 2A Conference four championship. Uh, then fifth, I've got Junction City. You know, they were dominant Friday night over Bearden. And uh, they're they're also Fordyce's closest game in 2A. That's right. The Dragons. So, I like your five. I'm pretty close with you. Um, just a couple differences. I've got Fordyce at, at the top. Um, I'll probably keep them there. I expect them to make a, a trip to War Memorial this year. They're that good. At two, I've got Gurdon. Uh, the Gold Devils at seven and one. And then I've got Desarc at three. And then number four, I've got Bigelow as well. And then rounding out my top five is Clarendon at six and one, three and zero oh in conference. And so that'll bring us to our American Safeguard Spotlight Game of the Week for two A, which is Desarc, the Eagles going to Clarendon. Uh, Desarc's nine and zero oh and four and zero oh in conference. Clarendon six and one and three and zero oh in conference. Junk, tell us a little bit about the ball game. You know, this game's going to be on Thursday night, I believe, right, Matt? That's right. You know, this is a game, the best way I could sum it up is it's separated by defenses. Both teams are scoring over 40 points per game. Clarendon's giving up 26. Desarc's only giving up 11. Uh, I'm going to take Desarc by 12. I like to pick. You know, you look at this game, Desarc dominated this game last year, 44-18. to 18. Um, The only difference that I see, you know, Clarendon didn't have much of a – they were coming off a 3-7 and seven campaign last year, but they returned 10 starters on offense and defense. And that's huge. You know, one of those players that you've probably heard of, and if you haven't, you will soon, his name's Quincy McAdoo. And uh, he's got offers from Arkansas, Florida State. He's just a – he's a stud athlete. You know, he plays receiver. He plays running back. He plays safety. He's all over the field for them. And he can be a difference maker in this ball game. In the end, I think Desarc's offense with that um, that option offense is just going to be too much for him. I've got Desarc by 14 in this one. That's a good pick, Matt. Let me tell you real quick before we move on here to our lightning round, why I don't have a real good spot in my heart for Clarendon. It's nothing against anybody from Clarendon or the team or the school other than when I was a senior, we played them in the third round of the playoffs. They had Tank Daniels, who I played with at Harding, who became an NFL player, got a Super Bowl ring, a good friend of mine at Harding, great guy. Uh, and then they had Cedric Houston, who was top in the state, running back that year, uh, and went on to play at Tennessee, mm-hmm. set the rushing record at Tennessee, and then goes on, plays in the NFL as well. We play them at home in the rain. It rained three weeks in a row. It was cold. It was cold, cold, cold. And we fumbled five times, and they beat us by six points. Oh, man. I hit Cedric Houston all night long in the backfield and didn't tackle him because <laughs> it was so wet. I remember I made the news that night. I think it was seven. They came down, and I was like, I'm on the news. It showed me hit him about three yards behind the line of scrimmage and slide all the way down. He steps, takes two steps out of my arms and goes about 60 to score. 
Mm. So you tell me you got some sour grapes. Dude. I do. Every time I've been on the news, it was watching somebody else do something awesome. <laughs> like when I saw uh, when I played baseball against Dustin Mosley, and I was the catcher, and he hit one about four hundred yards, and you see me catching, standing up, looking at it, going, "Wow." <laughs> <laughs> Well, awesome. That's a good story. Uh, that'll bring us into our lightning round for 2A. Um, we'll just jump right into it. Foreman going to Mineral Springs, home of Matthew McJunkins. That's right, Mule Shoe. I've got Foreman by six. I'm going to pick the upset Ooh. because I am a Hornet at heart, buddy. I'm going to say Mineral Springs is going to get it done. I'm going to pick them by two. I love it. I love it. McCrory going to Earl. This is a Thursday night ball game as well. I've got McCrory by 24. I got McCrory by 18. Fordyce at Bearden. Fordyce, 38. I got him by 38 also. Nice. England at Carlisle. I've got the Bisons by 18. I got him by 24. Quitman going to Hector. This ought to be a good ball game. I've got Hector by 13. Hector by 5. J.C. Westside going to Magazine. I got Magazine by 38. Magazine by 21. And then Magnet Cove going to Poen. I've got Poen by 14. Poen and Justin Moore by 21. <laughs> Great pick. All right, so that'll wrap us up for 2A. We'll jump right into 3A. I'll lead us off with my top five for 3A this week. At the top, still the defending state champions, Harding Academy. Another good win last week. Rolled Newport 31-7. Very impressive win. Prescott, Curly Wolves, 7-0 uh, on the season. I've got them at number two. They're scoring over 53 points a ball game and only giving up 11. Number three, I've got Hoxie, who's undefeated with an impressive win last week over Osceola, 55 to 21. I got them at three. Four, I got Rising, who's only played five ball games this year, but I, just looking at the numbers, they look like a really strong team. I've got them at four, and then I've got rounding out my top five, a new team in my top five. I've got the McGee Owls. That's a good pick right there, Matt, and you'll see why I think so. Uh, number one, I'm with Harding Academy also. You know, they just keep getting it done. They were dominant over Newport Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, returning state champs, going to be hard to beat. Quarterback Cade Sop is doing it and doing it well. Yes, sir. Uh, my number two is the McGee Owls. You know, uh, they're blowing through 7-3A. Uh, they didn't play rising mm -hmm. in the conference which would, would tell us a lot. <laughs> right. Uh, but they're tough on defense. Man, they're good on defense. Number three, I got the Curly Wolves. I let them in this week. Yeah. And, you know, they just keep doing it, and I can't keep them out. I mean, they've scored over 60 points three times. Yeah, they're averaging 54 points per game. It's impressive. It is. Number four, I, you know, I've got rising. They've gone down a, a place each week with me, and it's just because they're not playing football. Right. You look at their preseason game or their early season games, I should say, and they, I mean, dominant. You know, they they are. I think they had a one point game with uh, junk, or with uh, Fordyce, mm -hmm. and every everything after that was just blowout. Right. But we ain't seen them playing like four or five weeks, so they're down to four. Uh, and then number five, I've got Hoxie. They're averaging over fifty points per game. You know. Dalen Powell, 20 carries Friday night for 217 yards, four touchdowns, threw for a touchdown. And then Shun Derek Powell, 15 carries, 151 yards, a touchdown when they went over Osceola. That's over – both of them over 10 yards a carry. That's impressive. I actually picked Osceola to win that ball game, and I was bad wrong. I did not, and, yes, you were wrong. <laughs> so our ASI spotlight game of the week uh, for 3A is Prescott. The Curly Wolves going to Glen Rose. This ought to be a dandy of a ball game junk. Prescott 7-0, 5-0 in conference. 
Glenn Rose is 7-0, 5-0 conference. They did not play last year. Uh, Glenn Rose was in a different conference. Glenn Rose had, has actually won three conference championships in a row and then moved into this conference. And this will be for the 5-3A conference ta- championship. You know, Prescott comes into this game averaging, like I said, 54 points a game, only giving up 11. They return eight starters on offense, nine on defense. Their all-state quarterback, Jacoby Nolan, he's a multi-sport athlete. He completed over 64% of his passes a season ago and threw for 21 touchdowns. Their running back, Junk, Jalen Hobson, got 4-4 speed. He's bad. He's a bad man. They're, you know, they're just loaded with talent all over the field. Um, Amarion Dickens, he's got offers from Kansas and Citadel. He's a, he's a good player for them. You know, on the other side of the ball, the Beavers, they're averaging 38 points a game, t- only giving up 10 on defense. They're led by their senior quarterback, Wesley Lanius. He's passed for over 1,887 yards a uh, season ago. He's already passed for over 2,000 this year. I think this is going to be a dogfight, but in the end, I think Prescott's just got too much talent. I've got the Curly Wolves by 14. So, you know, that's, and, I, and I like your pick there. Uh, both teams have great defenses. But I don't know if you heard me a while ago. I said Prescott scored over 60 points three times this year. Oh, I heard you. <laughs> I think Prescott's just too much for him on offense, uh, just too much for Glen Rose to hold off. And besides, in a in a fight between a Curly Wolf and a Beaver, I'm going with the Curly Wolf. <laughs> I just don't think the Beaver can out. You know, teeth-wise, they're competitive. But just pure power and, and you know, agility, Curly Wolf's got them. I'm going Prescott by nine. Prescott by nine. You know – one thing to think about, Glen Rose is very scrappy. They'll get out. Oh, they're you. chippy, too. They are, and, and they're going to Glen Rose, so you know it'll be an intense atmosphere down there. Uh, it, this would be a great football game to It'd go watch. It'd be fun to watch. It would be. Yeah. All right, that'll bring us into our lightning round for 3A. We got Corning going to Piggott. This is a Thursday night ball game. I've got Piggott by 17. I got Piggott by 12. Harding Academy going to Salem, Thursday night ball game as well. I've got Hardy Academy by 24. I got the Wildcats by 29. Center Point going to Bismarck. I got Center Point, Center Point in a big win by 38. I do think Center Point's going to roll. I, I've got it by 22, but I mean, hey, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't roll more than that. Perryville going to Boonville. I got Boonville by 28. I got them by 30. You know, Perryville's a good football team, but man, Boonville's tough. They are tough. Lincoln going to Cedarville. I got Cedarville in a close one by three. So we were talking a little bit about this today because that's a tough pick. Man. It is a tough I, pick. I went ahead and went with Cedarville by seven, but, I mean, both of them are good football teams. Yeah, you look at their, at their records and their matchups, yeah. and it, it ought to be a close ball that's game. That's right. West Fork going to Greenland. I got Greenland by 18. I got Greenland by 14. And then our last pick in the lightning round in 3A, I got Melbourne going to Mountain View. I've got Melbourne by 24. I've got them by 13, but I would not be surprised to see them more like a 24 just because they're, you know, you saw what they did down at Hart and Ca- or Camden Harmony Grove last week. Yeah, and we both picked against them just That's because right. of the long trip, but and they're, they're good. They are. All right. So that'll lead us into um, the ASI. The ASI oh, question. Yeah, the, the ASI email question of the week, guys. And let, hold on. Let me, let me introduce our guest here. He's not our guest, he's our producer. This is Stuttgart Carl. A.K.A. Marcus Elliott, <laughs> A.K.A. Mr. Negativity, ran on your parade. He did it to me again in the broadcast booth on Friday night did after he, really? he did it to me about the Razorbacks on the show last week. So, Negative Ned, what do you have for us? Hey, it's just because I love you, Junk. That's, what, that's why, man. Um, so, our ASI question, uh, it's actually coming from Stephen S. of Conway. He emailed in to our uh, 
our, uh, our email uh, between the mats at gmail.com. And he, he's talking to, going back to uh, the SEC. And it's kind of fresh, I think. You know, I thought it was a good question because it's kind of fresh because Arkansas just got through playing Texas A&M. But if you had to pick, let's say they're playing this weekend. I know Georgia's uh, playing Florida this weekend. But if, if Georgia and Texas A&M are going to play this Saturday, who would you guys take? Because <laughs> basically what you're looking at is you're looking at the – the second best team in the SEC. And what's so crazy about this is that if Georgia wins out and they go play Alabama again in the uh, um, SEC championship game and Georgia gets beat, now they got two losses. So could you put A&M up into the top four then? I think you could. I mean, that if they run the table, they'll only have one loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To Alabama. To, to an Alabama, even though they did get drummed. Yeah. You know. But they both did. Yeah. Georgia, Georgia yeah, did Georgia too. Got a hand I mean, uh, let's Georgia see. can't throw the football. Well, I think if I'm if I'm not mistaken, didn't they only beat Kentucky fourteen to three? Yeah, they yeah, did fourteen to three. But see, uh, Alabama beat Georgia on 10 41 to twenty four, and then Alabama beat Texas A and M earlier in the year on ten three. They beat them uh, fifty two to twenty four. It so, would be. I, I really do think that, and I and I hate saying this because I, I usually like to talk bad about A and M, but I, I do believe that they they would be a competitor with Georgia because you know Georgia can't throw the ball. If you can get after their quarterback, it's they uh, they they but they're going to have to just stop you like they did Kentucky. I mean, they just they won because they only gave up three points. I don't think anybody's going to hold this Texas A&M offense to three points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a well, good chance that, that, that hey, they could beat Georgia. Well, you know, Georgia's got a good front, but uh, A&M's got a good offensive line. I mean, we talked about that before we started the podcast. And I went back and did some research. The Texas A&M offensive line, all of the starters have at least 18 games under their belt. So those guys can play. Yeah. And you could see it, too, against Arkansas. I mean, you know, you said it, Wilcox, they were throwing everything at them and they couldn't get to them. Right. And, you know, when you have time to stand back there and throw the football, then, you know, good things are going to happen. So I don't know, man. I think I, after seeing A&M this weekend, I would probably take A&M. Just, you know, my two cents on that deal. I'm going to go Georgia just because I can't stand Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> I mean, I'll just be honest. I, I think uh, Kirby Smart is a better football coach. They've got better athletes right now. Even though A&M is impressive, I think defensively they would put some pressure on Mon to make him make some mistakes, unlike what he did against Arkansas. And I think offensively they'd find a way to get enough points to, to get it done. I Even with his 12 years of experience at quarterback? In the SEC, man, it's impressive. But I mean, at some point, a hip's gonna break or something. <laughs> <laughs> so they passed a new law in Knoxville. You ready? Yeah, I you guess. didn't hear about it. No. So when a couple gets divorced, there they are still brother and sister. <laughs> are you back on that again? Who who would you take, A and M or Georgia? I told you A and M. Oh, you take A and M. All right, good deal. All right, thanks, Stephen, for that email, man. We appreciate it. And guys, if you're if you got a question, you want these two to to tackle, please don't hesitate to shoot us an email at between the mats uh, at gmail.com. Shoot us an email, and uh, we'll get it taken care of and, and put it out here, and uh, we'll have a little discussion on it. So, so Stuttgart, Carl, who who are you taking? Uh, I would take A and M. Would you? I just think A and M. Just I was just impressed, not so much defensively, but their offense, man. You know that that running back they got. I mean, 
and then, you know, that offensive line, I mean, you know, I'm an offensive guy unlike Junk, who's a defensive guy. I like to see good offenses. And, dude, they were impressive. So, I would probably end up taking A&M. All right, I'll be the lone wolf over here. <laughs> you know, it's just it's funny because you think about historically, you would always say Georgia, right? It's just like who who's the best in this? Well, it's going to be Georgia and Alabama, mm-hmm. and so that's why I'm the same way as what you're thinking. I mean, it's hard for me to say that Texas Amy should beat Georgia. So here's something crazy to think about. So Trevor Lawrence is out this week with Clemson. Clemson's playing Notre Dame. They beat Clemson. A&M has a one loss record now too. Who would you put in there in the finals? Well, here's the deal, Clemson though. And, and Clemson's going to turn around and play at Notre Dame again in the conference championship. That's right. And beat them then? Well, if they, if they, it'll settle it. If yeah. they beat them, then you can't keep them out. It's going to be lose, interesting for sure. Out. It's going to be interesting coming down the stretch when it's going to happen. So. No doubt. Well, all right. Thank you, Stuttgart Carl. You bet, and, man. And thanks Marcus for the question. <laughs> thanks to me. <laughs> <laughs> That'll lead us into our 4A discussion. I'll start 4A. I love this uh, classification. It, I, I just can't wait for the playoffs to see how this thing shakes out. It's going to be a lot of fun. My top five this week, um, remaining at number one in my top five, I've got Stuttgart Rice Birds, 8-0 on the year. Got to love the Rice Birds. 6-0. <laughs> conference <laughs> gotta love the rice bird. he may be a little biased over here he is he does have some a pretty imp- impressive stat he can tell us about yeah he does you know they put it on a good lone oak football team last week 53 to 14 i did not expect that ball game to be that lopsided i thought stuttgart would win comfortably but uh, they really showed their teeth in that one and then number two i've got shiloh um they continue to get it done a little bit concerned about how many points they're giving up defensively you know offensively they're they're just putting up crazy numbers but they're also giving up a lot of a lot of points and a lot of yards we'll see how that shakes out going into the playoffs number three i've got arkadelphia that continues to play good football as they get back on the field they're six and oh three and oh in conference number four i've got joe t robinson at uh, six and three on the year, four and one in conference, and then rounding out my top five is Rivercrest, who's undefeated on the season. Yeah, Matt, that that's real close to mine. Uh, mine really flipped around a little bit this week. I saw some things that really got my attention in four A this week. Uh, I lost some confidence in Shallow based on just looking back, and then also what I saw for some other teams. So my number one team this week is Arkadelphia. Come on, man! I've got the Badgers, buddy. Six and zero. No way. Let me tell you, oh, no way. No, no way. That, that's just getting you back for the negativity. <laughs> Listen, I've got Stuttgart at number two, and but but hang with me now. All right. Hang with me. Stuttgart's eight and zero. I get it. Arkadelphia six and zero. I've got the Scrappers at Nashville at number three. Uh, they're six and two. Shallow Christian, they went from one to four on my list. Uh, they're eight and one. I'm concerned about the competition not being as stiff, and mm-hmm. the, and they are giving up points. Uh, and then I've got Robinson. You know, they continue to win, but seven and four A is giving them all they want. Now, Arkadelphia is playing with a chip on their shoulder, like they're mad at the world. And uh, this team is very impressive as far as the athletes they have. I had a, a call today with Coach Trey Shucker down there at Arkadelphia, and uh, we talked a little bit about uh, some of the stats with some of their players, and then also, you know, I told him we were me and Matt were down there for the uh, for the Greenbrier game, and he was like, "Oh, it was a great game," you know. And I was like, "Yeah, it was." I said, uh, "I was really hoping to see y'all play Nashville the next week to see how that." He said, "He said we were too." He said that was going to be fun. Mm-hmm. It's going to be exciting. You know, it's going to be a good game. And I, looking now, I still think it would have been a great game. 
Uh, but man, just the talent they have down there right now, you know, they've got, he, he shared some stats with me today, Brayden Thomas, Buster Thomas, their quarterback, you know, he's throwing 62% completion. He's got 1,273 yards passing, 13 touchdowns, and only two interceptions. And this is in six games. Mm-hmm. Jay Sean Davis, who is a absolute Goliath beast. A grown man. He laughed because when he was going through, I said, well, what about that big old running back? He started laughing. He said, Jay Sean Davis. I said, yeah. This kid's 6'2", 225, runs a 4'6". He's got 85 carries for 697 yards, 13 touchdowns. Also, nine catches for 160 yards, three touchdowns. And then Kyler Pfeiffer, 27 catches, 322 yards, three touchdowns. And Alex Lloyd, 19 catches, 267 yards, two touchdowns. They've got a bunch of weapons. They do. So that's why, I, I mean, I just I think Arkadelphia is good. You know, they they scored 62 points against Box up Friday night. Uh, Stuttgart Carl? Yeah, let me throw you some stats out about Stuttgart right. real quick. So, so talked to a good friend of mine uh, down there, and basically he told me that uh, Stuttgart right now is playing with seven sophomores, and I believe they're going both ways, if uh, if I'm correct. And that group of sophomores have not lost a game since the sixth grade. That's impressive. That's very impressive. And now they've moved up to high school and still haven't lost. So you got to give them props for that. I do give them props for that. I think it's really impressive, and I think it tells us a whole lot about what to look for in the next few years in Stuttgart. That's right. But I think uh, those sophomores run up against this bunch of big old <laughs> athletic <laughs> kids at Arkadelphia, Badgers. Yeah. It could be fun. Yeah, it's it could be, be a lot fun. of fun. Yeah, and I was talking to Coach Price down there at Stuttgart. It's probably two or three years ago, and we were just talking about you know the football team and what he had coming up, and you know he knew that that he was coming up on a pretty rough cycle of, of players, and thought the next couple of years would be tough. And he said, "Man, if I can just hold on through these next two years, I've got a couple of classes coming up that are going to be special." Yeah, and and here they are. Yeah. And Nashville, you know, we saw that loss against Ashdown, and then since then, man, and like we talked about last week, there's, from what I understand, there's some injuries there mm-hmm. during that week, and they're they're just back to being the same old Nashville again. You know, Ty Gordon's was 11 for 14 Friday night, 184 yards, four touchdowns, and then eight carries for 78 yards and two touchdowns. That's a heck of a That's ball game. That's a ball game right yes, there. Yes, sir. So that'll bring us into our 4A spotlight game of the week. And um, we have already talked about them a little bit. We've got Stuttgart Ricebirds going to CAC. This will be for a uh, two 4A conference championship. Even though CAC took it on the chin, um, they still only have one loss in the conference, and Stuttgart's undefeated. So if they were to beat Stuttgart, they would have the head to head matchup and win the conference outright. Uh, you know, Stuttgart comes in this game with an, an crazy impressive defense, only giving up 5.9 points a game. They're led by their their quarterback, Pate Kleinbeck. He's a junior. He started the last six games of the last season and averaged over 200 yards passing in those contests. Uh, sophomore Jaden Strange, who, who led the junior team to an undefeated season last year, he was their quarterback last year. They've moved him to wide receiver. They move him to running back. They get him the ball, and he's a weapon for them. And so, defensively, they're led by their their linebacker, their captain, Merritt Coker. Uh, he's just all over the field defensively. And then uh, Rhett Bohannon is a three-year starter for the Riceburg cornerback. So, uh, CAC, like I said, they're coming off a tough loss. Um, the Mustangs, uh, you know, Tommy Shoemaker does a good job over at CAC. He's always got them prepared. Yeah, he does. And they've got a chance to win a conference championship for the first time in a long time. Uh, I just don't think that – They've got enough weapons offensively to get it done against this tough Riceboro defense. I've got Stuttgart by 21. I, I'm with you there, Matt. You know, CAC is well coached, Coach Shue, and then, you know, 
got Razorback great and uh, a Mustang great Joe Adams coaching receivers there. But like you said, man, their offense and Stuttgart's defense is just not a good match for them. I mean, Stuttgart's defense is tough. They're giving up less than six points a game. I'm going with Stuttgart by 26. I like it. Good picks. (laughs) (laughs) So our lightning round for 4A, Dumas going to Hamburg on a Thursday night. I've got Hamburg by six. I got Hamburg by four. Cross it going to Star City. This is also a Thursday night game. I've got Cross it by three. Cross it by 12. Fountain Lake going to Ashdown. I've got Ashdown by four. I got Ashdown by two. That was a tough one to pick. It was. <laughs> uh, let's see here. We got Rivercrest going to Blyville. I got Rivercrest by 17. I got Rivercrest by 26. Prairie Grove going to Elkins. This ought to be a good ball game here, too. Uh, I've got Prairie Grove by eight. You know, I thought you might pick Elkins, and I thought I, and I, thought I was going to pick Elkins, but I went with Prairie Grove by six. Nice. Shiloh Christian going to Huntsville. I've got Shiloh by 21. I got the Saints by 24. And then Arkadelphia going to Malvern. I've got Arkadelphia by 20. I got them by 34. Nice. Hey, Carl. Yes, sir. What's the difference between a good old boy and a UT fan? <laughs> What's that? Good old boys raise livestock. UT fans get emotionally attached. <laughs> Oh, my word. We we, we, got to stick to football. (laughs) All right. So, that'll lead us into – You did a lot of research on those, didn't you? (laughs) I had to research something. (laughs) I knew Matt had the football stats. (laughs) All right. So, that'll lead us into 5A. uh, 5A, our top five. Junk, why don't you start us off in 5A? All right. No surprise here. The Bruins at PA – uh, you know, Kevin Kelly's team down there this year, uh, they're good. They're 9-0. I always like to give a shout-out to my little cousin, Trevor Duke, big center down there, sophomore starting, uh, doing big things down there on the line. You know, they're scoring a lot of points. They are. Uh, so, I've got PA number one. Uh, they're fun to watch, especially on offense. Uh, number two, I got Win. They're 9-0. They're unbeaten and rolling. I, I hope we get a chance to see this team play. The Bruins, mm-hmm. I think, it, you know, it could be fun because I do think PA may be not as strong as some teams on defense. Right. Even though they are – I mean, they don't, they don't lose because they score so much. Sure. And, and they just hold people off enough. And when brings that, that triple option offense yeah. that you don't – It's going to be hard to stop no right. matter who you are. That's one, And that's one of those things, too, that you, you, only, you only prepare for the week you play them. That's right. That's, that that that's, that makes it difficult. Uh, number three, I got Harrison. You know that Keyline kid. We've talked about him a lot. He's fun to watch. He is. You know he got hurt against Malton, and he wasn't supposed to play. <laughs> from what I understand, this is coming from a guy that called in the other night when I call into the uh, the high school show. I forgot what it's called that Nate Olson does mm-hmm. with uh, with Rex Nelson on on Friday nights. And a lot of times, so I'm listening while I'm waiting to go on to give our score. And uh, whoever it was from uh, Harrison called and said that basically he talked his way into the game <laughs> and goes in and throws for f- throws four touchdowns. He's impressive. Uh, you know, without him, I think they're average. Very average. I agree. Uh, he's electric. I said with with him, they're they're a real threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Little Rock Christian number four. You know, I'm just I'm not sold on this team, but I, I can't find I can't pick a reason why I can't be up there because they do win. Uh, they got a big matchup Friday night with Watson Chapel. They do. And then I've got five. I've still got those little, little devil dogs from Royalton down there at number five. You know, they had a close win over Valonia, but it is still a win. I think they're the biggest surprise of 2020 in 5A. 
and they're going to hurt some feelings in the playoffs. I like your picks, Junk. I've got almost the exact same. I've got this, the same top four. We've got PA at one, win at two. Like I said, I think that would be a fun matchup to watch just because, you know, Pulaski Academy is almost impossible to stop defensively. Right. But the best the best defense is a good offense. And so right. I think win would ball control them, keep the ball out of their hands. If they could field an onside kick and, and limit their possessions, then that should be a close ball game. I got Harrison at three. Uh, like you said, Keylon is just a difference maker on offense. He's he's just scrappy, man. He, man, he's fun. He, he's big, he's strong, he can throw the ball, just, and he can run it. He's just a football player. Yeah. I got Little Rock Christian at four. And then I've got rounding out my top five. Still don't know a whole lot about this bunch. Don't know a whole lot about the South, just to be perfectly honest with you. We don't get to see much of them. Uh, but I've got Texarkana at 5-0 and at number five. You still got the Razorbacks down there, Still huh? got the Razorbacks. I like i got to have them rank some Razorbacks in the top five. <laughs> right, right. All right, so our spotlight, 5A game of the week. Uh, we're a little biased on this one. We could have gone a different direction. We could have gone Little Rock Christian and Watson Chapel. Uh, but we're going to keep it here in the hometown the first service cup between Green, the Greenbrier Panthers going to the Valonia Eagles. Huge county rivalry. Dates back to when my dad played ball at Greenbrier. Uh, a lot of dislike between these two communities. Uh, John, tell us a little bit about this ball game. The Judges' Cup. The Judges' Cup. Yeah, you got five and four Greenbrier and five and three Valonia. You know, Trey Havens has rushed for 978 yards in eight games. And I think what's so impressive about this Greenbrier offense is that when he's out, Nick Hewitt's in, you can't tell a difference. Right. Uh, you know, Nick and Cooper, Wilcox, have both averaging over eight yards a run. You got three weapons right there that can run the ball. Uh, you know, Valonia's without their quarterback, but they've shown that they can still complete, can, can, uh, can compete, mm-hmm. you know, as they played a close game with Walton. Uh, you know, it's a huge rivalry. Every year you can pretty much throw out the stats and the records. Uh, both teams are good football teams. And the winner's the three seed in 5A West. That's right. I am going to pick Greenbrier. Uh, if you'd asked me two or three weeks ago, I'd have probably picked Greenbrier by a couple touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick Greenbrier by about four. Okay. Close ball game. Yeah. This one will be a fun one. Um just to talk a little bit, I don't know if you watched any of the, the Valonia Morton game last week. I did not. I, I went back and watched it. Uh, of course you did. On YouTube. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm glad for punishment. <laughs> but uh, Valonia had a chance to win that ball game late. They were driving, uh, got down inside of Morton's territory late in the ball game and got a holding penalty and then a bad snap that yeah. took them back and, and just kind of uh, took their chances away. But I was I was impressed at how they, they played defensively. And uh, they stuck in the ball game. You know, they they stuck the um, sophomore quarterback in McKissick, and uh, Morton got to him a little bit. He looked yeah. a little rattled. And then Valonia went to their um, wildcat, wildcat, wild yeah. eagle, whatever you want to call it. With the wild eagle, I you, like it. You know, I, I've coached against this Valonia bunch since I was since Cooper was in third grade, mm-hmm. and we've had some battles. And their junior class is very talented. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of talent at the skill positions. They brought in Cannon Bartlett, one of those juniors, to run the Wildcat for them with Seth Kirk, their workhorse, at running back to one side, and then Jamison Hinesley on the other side. And that's three really talented football players that you have to decide who's fixing to get the ball. And it's hard to stop when you've got three weapons back there like that. I, I look for them to do a lot of that this week. I don't really think that they'll lean much on the sophomore quarterback because they know that we'll bring pressure against him. I just think – Greenbrier is going to look for a way to get it done. I think 
you know, our running game's really stout. I think we can establish a line of scrimmage against Valonia. Yeah. And uh, I, I look for us to run the ball well and hopefully have a little bit more balance on offense throwing the ball. I've got Greenbrier by 10. All right. Good pick. Good pick. And, and even if Bologna was way better, I'm still picking Greenbrier. Right, right. <laughs> I'm less biased because I'm not from Greenbrier, although I'm a huge Greenbrier fan, obviously. Uh, but I don't have that deep soul hatred <laughs> for Bologna like a lot of people do. And, and I'll tell you, it's it's all in good fun. I've made right, it, I, right. I've, Got lots of friends there. I do have a lot of friends in Bologna, and I've coached against them for so long now. And we've had so many battles. And, and to watch these kids grow up competing against each other, it's a lot of fun to see them play high school football against each other. And, and you know, my dad taught me at a young age, Son, it really doesn't matter if you win a single ball game all all year, as long as you beat Bologna. Yeah. Beat them. Hey, I I got some inside scoop on that game too. So, um, just be prepared for some extra activities at halftime. That's all <laughs> well, I got to say. Surely not. <laughs> now, you know what would really shock people if it was me. <laughs> you wouldn't make it to the tournament. <laughs> I had to stop and rest. So, for those, could of- you could we set up a line of like water breaks? <laughs> So, for those of you that don't know the history there, every time that Greenbrier plays in Valonia, we have a horsehead streaker that shows up at halftime, and uh, it's pretty entertaining. It is. It's funny. So I'd probably put, like, a buffalo head on or something. <laughs> maybe a hippo. <laughs> so, you're talking about Valonia. So, you know, I told you I don't have that deep hatred in my soul for Valonia, even though I do want us to win always. Uh, I still hate the Murfreesboro Rattlers. <laughs> that y'all's rival. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, that'll bring us um, to our lightning round for 5A. We got Watson Chapel going to Little Rock Christian on Thursday night. I've got the Warriors by 20. I've got – I just turned the page on accident. I've got Little Rock Christian by nine. Okay. I've got Farmington going to Alma. i got Farmington by 10. I tell you what, that Alma team was more impressive to me than I expected them to be. You know, they have not had a good season. I think they were one and six coming in to play us, and all of a sudden they figured out how to play offense. Uh, I am going to pick Farmington. I'm going to pick them by six. Okay. I got Valley View, which is a good ball club this year, going two baseball. This ought to be a great, great matchup here. This is for the two seed. Out of the East, I'm going to go with Batesville in a close one by three. God, I keep thinking we're going to go against each other because I, I was I almost picked Valley View, but I, I'm going with Batesville by three. Okay. Hot Springs, going to Hot Springs-Lakeside. This is another rivalry game. Lakeside, I've got winning this one by 13. I got Lakeside by eight. Okay. Morlton, going to Clarksville this week. I got the Devil Dogs by 10. I got them by 18. Harrison, going to Pea Ridge. I've got the Goblins by 21. I've got win by 18. And, Junk, I don't know if you had this one on your on your board. I had to change it due to the PA cancellation. I got Green County Tech going to Paragould. I do not. Okay. Threw one in on me there. Well, I had to get an advantage. See, somehow. this goes all along with that point rating system. You know, every week it's like, hmm, what can I do this week to give us a little edge here? We'll put an asterisk by this one, but I've got Green County Tech in this one by 17. Just go with him. Just go with him. Yeah, I'm going Green County Tech by 14. There you go. All right, I like it. <laughs> All right, guys, as usual, after 5A, we always take a little time out to um, to recognize our Week 8 or our, our Faulkner County, ASI Faulkner County Player of the Week. And last week for Week 8, we gave it to number 7, a senior from Conway Christian, Tyler Cossey. He's a quarterback over there and also plays safety. Had a good ball game, went for 14 for 28 
through the air for 134 yards, three carries for 11 yards, and also made three big tackles defensively. You know, John Conway Christian's had a rough year this year. They're winless on the season. And to go over there and recognize this kid and talk to his coach, Coach Kramer, uh, just a little bit about the season, a little bit about Tyler, I was super impressed. You know, a lot of coaches talk about character and and, Wins. and, and things that you, you learn from the game of football right. when you're not winning. Right. And and Coach Kramer alluded to that. And he said, right. he said you know, winning's still the most important thing. Sure. But it's, it's times like this and seasons like this where you learn – a lot about your kids and a lot about your program and a lot about yourself. And just talking to this kid, Mr. Cosie, I mean, he was so impressive in the poise and the character that he showed and the leadership that he showed in the few minutes I got to interview him was very impressive. So I, I watched that. Me and Clint, my little buddy, you know, he, he likes to do a lot of things I do. We were laying on the bed the night watching, you know, different things on, on YouTube. And I, it popped up, you know, the uh, the Player of the Week deal with you on there and, the, and this this – Conway Christian kid, and I thought, I'm going to watch that. Matt just did that today. And I was just blown away by this kid, man. You talk Me about too. impressive. He I was. mean, you know, he's just got his head on. And, and, you know, they get it that they're not very good. They'll tell you they're not real good. Right. But, you know, he leads this team, and he pushes this team. Mm-hmm. And, and it's real obvious. His coach, made, you know, was really clear about it. Uh, he goes out every week and fights. You know, he, even talking about when he graduates, you know, What's what his plans are? He's going to take over his dad's business. Right. I mean, he's got real plans. Yeah, it's not. Oh, I'm going to go get a degree from Fayetteville and basically go up there and party for four years. I mean, he's got real life goals. Sure. And I was just really blown away with him. Me too, Junk. And and you know, Coach Kramer talked about you know he's been in he's been in seasons where his team is thirteen and one, fixing right, to play for right. a state championship, and he can't wait for the season to be over because he had a bunch of punks on his team. He said, and then you turn around, you've got a team that hasn't won a ball game. And I, I'm dreading the end of this season because these kids come to work every single day. They don't whine. They don't gripe. They don't feel sorry for themselves. And it's kids like, like Tyler Cossie and that senior leadership that, that that's what shows up. Yeah. You know, and he, and he comes to work every day and leads his team. And, and Coach Kramer's really looking for looking uh, dreading the end of the season to lose these kids. Yeah. So, Matt, real quick, I, I want to throw this in there, too, because this made me th- this character, this kid made me think about it. So, Friday night, I'm doing the broadcast. We're at halftime. And uh, Cody Powell – our kicker that Greenbrier is up. He comes up. We get him to come up because Cody's out for the season. He, he broke his ankle and I think maybe tore some ligaments and stuff. I mean, just really messed up his foot. He's in a boot for like 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. This kid's a senior. The week before he breaks it, right, we get, we're at, we're at Monticello. He kicks an onside kick with 20-something seconds. I don't, it, was, it was maybe a minute. I don't remember. It wasn't much left. Then turns around kicks the field goal to win the game. And, uh, you know, you're just really heartbroken for this kid to – see him go out his senior year right. like this. But I tell you what, almost choked me up. What really got to me was hearing him talk Friday night about how blessed he was to go out like that after that game. Mm-hmm. To experience what he experienced that most people don't get to. And just, I mean, it was almost like he had tears in his eyes talking about, you know, I'm just blessed. Sure. And I was just like, swallow, <laughs> cough, don't don't cry here on the air. I'm not crying, you're crying. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. All right, let's uh, let's jump into six A. Junk, you want to start us off at six A? Yeah, I got the Bulldogs over there in Greenwood at number one. They're nine and zero. Number two, I got Lake Hamilton at eight and zero. They they changed this week, went from my five to two. We'll talk about why in just a second. Number three, I got Parkview at six and one. Number four, Benton at five and four. And then I got number five. I've got Matt's Sylvan Hills team that he picked up Saturday and Friday night. I've got them at five and at uh, six and three. 
So, Greenwood, you know, this quarterback, L.D. Richmond, Friday night, 13 for 16, 232 yards, three touchdowns, and then rushed for one. Pretty efficient. <laughs> but it's just another week for him. Right. You know, and then, then you turn around and running back Hunter Wilkinson, 31 rushes, 180 yards, and three touchdowns. It's like – it's just like a – like a all-star showdown, you know, <laughs> showcase. Um, Lake Hamilton, you know, I've been a little skeptical of them just because their 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 heavy part of their schedule was loaded on the backside. Right. So they went through and really dominated early in the season. I thought, well, you know, that's great. They're doing what they should be doing if they're a good football team. But how good are they? Right. We found out Friday night. Sure did. You know, uh, they proved their place, in my opinion, as the top of 6A West with Greenwood. Mm-hmm. With the strong win over Benton, uh, they could really challenge Greenwood Friday night for the conference championship and as the top team in the state. Uh, number three, Parkview, they get stronger every week. Lyndon Rogers is 12 for 18 Friday night, 196 yards, three touchdowns. You know, they got a tough conference that keeps them from being on top and not playing Greenwood or Lake Hamilton this season really keeps them from having more, probably two more losses. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard to push them any higher and they might should be a little lower. But they're a good football team. Uh, Benton, you know, tough back-to-back losses against two, probably the best two best teams in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should make a good run in the playoffs, but, I mean, this conference is just full of juggernauts. And then five, I got Sylvan Hills, you know, big win Friday night over Jonesboro. They earned their spot at the top of 6A East. I agree. I've got a little bit different order, but the same teams. I've got Greenwood at top and until somebody knocks them off. They're, they're just a machine over there. I do have – might surprise you here, Junk. I've got Parkview at number two, and I'll tell you why. You know, Parkview lost to Benton early in the season, but the last couple of weeks, man, they've yeah. been playing some football, especially defensively. You know, they got a they got a quarterback that's I think he's a hog commit. He's a hog commit. Yeah. They do, and then they've got a running back that's had he's got several SEC offers. Their talent pool at Parkview is they're just loaded. And I think the way they're playing defense, and then they've got playmakers on offense, they're starting to get it clicking. And I'd be I just look out for them come playoff time. Yeah. So you think they're better than Lake Hamilton? I do at this point. Yeah. And now Lake Hamilton may prove me wrong this week. They got a big test against Greenwood. And if they want to earn that top spot, they can sure do it this week. I've got them at three. I've got Benton at four. And then I've got Sylvan Hills at five. We were close. We were, we were very, close. very close. So our spotlight, 6A spotlight game of the week is Greenwood, the Bulldogs, undefeated on the season, going to Lake Hamilton. The Wolves, undefeated on the season as well. Greenwood won this contest last year, 42-14. to 14. Junk talked a little bit about the players that Greenwood has offensively, um, defensively. Their senior linebacker, Jordan Hanna, he anchors the defense in the middle. Uh, he holds several, several collegiate offers, and he'll, he'll definitely play at the next level. Good football player. You know, the Wolves, offensively, they're averaging 39 points a game. Defensively, they're giving up 22, which is a little, little concerning. They're t- returning seven starters on offense, five on defense. They're all-state quarterback, Lane Warwick. Uh, he gets it done offensively. He's their leader, but they get the majority of their of their offense from their two stud running backs, Owen Miller and Tevin Woodley. Between the two of them, Junk, they've got over 2,400 yards on the season and 30 touchdowns. That's insane. It's insane. I think in the in the end, Greenwood's um, tradition, uh, they just they find a way to win. I just don't think Lake Hamilton will be able to pull it over on Greenwood. I've got Greenwood in a close one. I got them by seven. Not so fast, my oh, friend. Oh yeah. <laughs> Two really good football teams. Two weeks ago, I didn't think Greenwood would be contested at all this year in six A. 
Lake Hamilton has a team that is better than I thought. That Friday night win over Benton was impressive. It opened some eyes. That running back, Owen Owen Miller, 29 carries for 164 yards and five touchdowns over a Benton defense. Long shot pick. I'm going with Lake Hamilton by two. I love it. I love it. This ought to be a fun ball game. You know, if you could be in two places at once. This oh, I'd love to be there. I'd love to watch this one. All right, so our lightning round for 6A, we'll jump right into it. We got West Memphis going to El Dorado on a Thursday night. I've got Eldo by 12. I got the L dog by 11. All right, Marion going to Jonesboro. You know, Marion won a big game last big. week. Big. They scored a lot of points, They too. did, and they're playing well right now. Jonesboro coming off a tough loss. I've got Jonesboro by three. <laughs> I got Jonesboro by 13. <laughs> I thought about it, too, but yeah. <laughs> All right, the Cersei Lions going to Sylvan Hills coming off that big win last week. This is a Thursday night ball game as well. I've got Sylvan Hills by seven. You know, Cersei's a team that I thought was better at the beginning of the year than I think they're playing now. I think they've actually, you know, I hate to say they've gotten worse, but I don't know, maybe their competition's gotten better, but they've just not been as strong, it seems like. I've got Sylvan by eight. Okay. I got Mountain Home, which has a, has had a good season so far this year. Um, definitely playing a lot better football up there. The Bombers are. They're going to a loaded Parkview team. I've got Parkview by 17. You know, it's funny. I find myself pulling for Mountain Home every week. I don't know why. I think it's just because they've come from being so down as a program right. to where they're now winning football games and, and opening some eyes. Mm-hmm. So I kind of pull for them every week. But, yeah, I think Parkview, I got them by 12. Okay. Salem Springs going to Russellville. I've got Salem by three. I've got Russellville by ten. Oh, another disagreement. Oh. I like it. All right, we got Pine Bluff. The Zebras going to Sheridan. I've got Pine Bluff by twenty-four. Really? I got Pine Bluff by four. Nice. A little bit closer. Ball yeah. Game. Okay. And then Benton uh, coming off that tough loss last week to um, Lake Hamilton, going to Van Buren, a pretty good Van Buren team. I've got Benton by eight. I got Benton by 12. Okay. You know, Matt, sometimes I wonder what's going in on that mind of yours. <laughs> so, hey, real quick, let me – I just got to say something about Hog fans, okay? Because I, I, I'm one of them. When I talk about you people, I'm talking about myself. I love y'all, but I've just got to share this. I've got three reasons that uh, – or three things I've gathered from Hog fans from the game Saturday. All right, number one – <laughs> this is from listening to the radio, right? We would have won the game if the referees would have thrown a flag on Spillers when he spiked the ball after he scored a touchdown. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> Number two, Smith should have ran the ball more than our NFL prospect, Raheem Boyd. And number three actually came from Matt telling me what he heard, and that is, is that Traylon Burks can't juke. <laughs> now, Matt, have you ever seen a big freight train moving at full speed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have. Have you ever seen one juke? No. (laughs) Me either. So, I just – I had to share that. It was on my heart. (laughs) Hey, man, you know – You got to love Razorback fans, man. It's crazy, man. You know, when we win, everything's great. Everything's perfect, but as soon as you lose, it's like, oh, my word, dude. All these coaches come out now. It's like – it's it's crazy. Which the Hogs, that's all we have in this state. You know, we don't have a, we don't have a, a professional team, and everybody lives and dies by the Razorbacks, and I love that part of it. But we do get a little out there sometimes. Oh, we do. So, have you ever have you ever been to Knoxville? Uh, not to watch ball Have you? Carl? Mm-hmm. Have no. so, okay, well, I was there a few years ago when I stayed the night there. Right, stayed at a hotel there, and uh, 
so I had a leak in my my sink, right? So I called I called the front desk and I told him I said I got a leak in my sink. He said, "All right, go ahead." <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Oh man! Please, hey, please listen next week. We won't have these jokes. Okay, we're going to have to ban him or something, dude. I'm going to start. Man, muting, I'm going to mute his microphone. You, if my grandfather was still alive, he would have loved every single one of those. <laughs> All right. Well, that will bring us to our top classification in the state of Arkansas, which is seven A. Junk, won't you start us off in seven A? Okay, I'm going with the all popular Bryant. Hornets. Let me tell you. That's a tough pick. Oh, my yeah. word. How long did I, you deliberate oh, on that one? You know, <laughs> I think they might have made some enemies Friday night, too. Uh, they were throwing the ball deep with about a minute left. Uh, yeah, there wasn't some people very happy about right. that. But, you know, they, they set some records. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're so good. They're just next level. Uh, they're 8-0. Bentonville, number two. I cannot for the life of me figure out why I listen to all these radio shows and they talk about the big matchup with – North Little Rock and Bryant, and nobody ever talks about Benton. I don't know if because we're in Little Rock. Let me tell you, you had me keeping up with Bentonville, buddy. They're they're going to be impressive to see. I, I mean, if anybody can give this Bryant team a push, it's going to be Bentonville. And and I don't get it because early season Bentonville handled Conway. Mm-hmm. North Little Rock beat Conway by two. I think North Little Rock and Conway play right now. Conway beats them. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I mean, I think Conway right now is playing a little different level. They are. Uh, so anyway, I got Bentonville two at nine and zero, North Little Rock three at at seven and one. Conway got the Wampus Cats at four, even though I just <laughs> kind of argued against that. But you know, they do have the head to head. That's right, that's right. So I got them at six and two, and Cabot I've got at number five at six and two. Uh, you know, Friday night, Bryant wins thirty seven points over a good North Little Rock defense. Not just a good North Little Rock team, but a good defense. Right. At their place, Austin Ledbetter throws for 541 yards and five touchdowns. Hayden Schrader with 270 yards receiving. It's insane. Oh, it's incredible. It's incredible. And we talked about how good North Little Rock's defense was last week on the podcast. And, and for them to come out and just absolutely get exposed like that. Yeah. And Bryant had 836 total yards of offense in that ball game. You know, and I don't know if it was intentional, but it was almost like they were trying to prove a point. Right. Uh, because – so there was so much talk about, oh, this is going to be a big game. And I think most of us that aren't in that little circle of Little Rock football mm-hmm. looked at it like, mm, I don't think so. Yeah. Because, I mean, we had Pitt Bryant pick been big. Yeah, big. And I still, like I say, I think if there's anybody that's going to push him, it's going to be Bentonville. Uh, they do- dominated again Friday night to go 9-0. and You know, clearly one of the top two teams in the state. Could be a great matchup with Bryant. Number three, I caught North Little Rock. I call him Bryant's latest victim. Uh, you know, they got to strap it up and get back after it because yeah. they got the playoffs coming. Right. Uh, number four, Conway playing as good as anybody lately whose name doesn't start with a B. <laughs> and then number five, Cabot, big game Friday night to go out, uh, go after a North Little Rock team who's kind of licking their wounds a little bit. Yeah. I've got the exact same five. And I think our our top five have been, has been the same since episode one of our podcast. And, yeah, and 7A for sure. Yeah, and we've, we've talked about that these five teams are the cream of the crop of, of 7A this year. And – you know, Bryant, they're a machine. They're uh, they're the odds-on favorite to win the state championship again this year. Bentonville will give them a run, I think. I think that will be a fun b- ball game to watch. Uh, North Little Rock, I do have them at three just because they do have the head-to-head against right. Conway. Right. 
I'm with you. I think, and their other wins are a little bit more impressive than Conway's. Right, but I I think the way Conway's playing right now, if they were to play again, yeah, I think they'd get them. And then I've got Cabot rounding out my top five. So our ASI spotlight game of the week in seven A is Conway Wampus Cats six and two on the season, three and one in conference, going to Bryant, uh, who's eight and zero on the season, five and zero in conference. Last year, Bryant dominated this game, one forty two to seven. You know, Conway comes into this game off another impressive offensive performance, scored uh, 49 points and a win over Catholic last week. Um, Conway, they've got some weapons. Ben Weiss, he's a he's actually a UCA baseball commit. Baseball commit, yeah. And this kid, to look at him, no disrespect to Ben, but – He looks like a baseball he commit. Lo- he looks like a baseball <laughs> commit. He, yeah. He's not a very big kid. He's probably 5'8", 160 pounds. Um, but, man, he's thrown the ball for over 2,500 yards in the last five ball games and – uh, and to look at the weapons he's throwing to, that's the reason why. Because he's got some absolute oh, ballers on his side. And you know how much I like Bryce Bohannon. But, man, I tell you what, as good as Bryce is, was it Manny Smith? Manny Smith. Dude, he he is such an electric player. Right. And he's been banged up. Uh, actually got hurt the very first play of the scrimmage against Moulton. Is that right? Before the season. And he's just never really – yeah. gotten healthy but i think these last couple of weeks he's starting to come well, on. against that memphis team he really shined yeah and he's he's got some he's got some game breaker speed and then defensively that's what bothers me a little bit about conway is they they give up a bunch of points they do they do and, and coming into this game against this brian offense who just put up 830 yards it just I, I, it doesn't look like a good recipe for no conway. it doesn't it'll be a lot of offensive fireworks um in the end, I've got Bryant winning this one by seventeen. So, you know, man, I'm a, I'm, I'm, you know, before this year, I really wasn't, but I've become a Wampus Cap fan, and I think it's because of these athletes that we're seeing so and kind of getting to know a little mm-hmm. bit about Bryce Blaney and how impressive off the field he is. Sure, but I think Conway's just they're they're going to be Bryant's next victim. I mean, that's just the way it seems to be right now in in seven A football in Arkansas. You know, Conway's unbelievable to watch. Bryce Bohan's special, uh, but Bryant's just next level. And uh, I think if anybody has a chance to Bryant, beat Bryant, I don't think it's Conway. I think it's Bentonville. So I'm going Bryant by twenty six. Okay. Uh, one thing to just kind of keep your eye on in this game is yeah. if, if Bryant just comes into this one after a big North Little Rock win. Right. little hangover. A little hangover, and Conway keeps it close. You never know. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be a good ball game uh, come down to the end. Um, it ought to be a fun game anyway. So our lightning round for 7A. I got Catholic going to Central on a Thursday night. I got Catholic by six. I got him by 17. Bentonville West going across town to Bentonville. I got Bentonville by 30. I got him by 33. Little Rock Southwest, Junk's favorite team, going to Fort Smith Northside. I've got Northside by 14. Although I do believe that Daryl Patton will turn this program around, I'm going with Northside by 29. All right. I've got Springdale going to Fort Smith Southside. I've got Southside by six. I got them by eight. Okay. Cabot going to North Little Rock. I got North Little Rock by seven. I got them by 12. Okay. Rogers going to Rogers Heritage, another crosstown rivalry. I got Rogers by 13. I got him by 18. And then Fayetteville, the Purple Dogs, going to Springdale Harbor. Uh, Fayetteville's been playing some good football the last couple weeks. You know, they started off the season pretty rough. Right. Um, But I've got Fayetteville by three in this one. I got him by six. You're not making it easy for me to catch up if we keep picking the same thing. I think throughout all those games, well, we have two or three. Yeah, it wasn't more than two or three. Yeah, two or three. All right, guys, so that'll wrap us up for our high school picks. Uh, Junk, you want to talk to us a little bit about Arkansas State and UCA? Yeah, so, 
it was another tough week for the Red Wolves. And, you know, they lost They lost to Troy 38-10. to 10. They're really struggling right now. And, and a lot of it has to do with that the Sun Belt is just good this year. Yeah. You know, you see a team dominate one week and you're like, oh, they, they're looking good. And then the next week you see them get dominated. You know, you look at App State, Coastal Carolina, Troy, mm-hmm. uh, Lafayette. You know, that's they got to go. They got to play Lafayette down there at Lafayette Saturday, you know. They're five and one. Five and one. That's right. So it's a tough year for ASU. They're really struggling defensively. Uh, the last couple of weeks have not looked good on offense either. Uh, this week especially, uh, Troy really shut them down. Yeah. You know, no big numbers like last week. You know, we saw Jonathan Adams even in a loss still look good. They kind of locked them down a little bit this week. So uh, they do have another tough one Saturday. But uh, you know, we'll be pulling for the Red Wolves again down in Lafayette next weekend. Uh, UCA. I think this was their last game. Uh, no, they've got uh, – they play Matt Wilcox Jr. again next week. Oh, do they really? Yeah. That's right. They play Eastern Kentucky. Oh, well, see, that ESPN doesn't have any more of them listed. Yeah, they've got they've got Eastern, Eastern Kentucky next week. They're off this week, and then they – I believe they have one more game following that game. I believe they have two games left. Well, they don't play Eastern Kentucky next week, and I'll tell you a little bit why. <laughs> So Braylon Smith Saturday in their fifty-two to ten win over Missouri Western was seventeen for twenty-three with five touchdowns. Wow, that's impressive. That is that's impressive. hard to beat. Uh, Marshawn Douglas ninety-seven carries on or ninety-seven yards on nine carries and touchdown. He averaged nine point or over nine. I'm sorry, over ten point or ten yards per carry. Right, that's hard to do in college. Heck yeah. Uh, Tyler Hudson, he's been special. Man, he's you a know, great football player. He, he was big last year as a freshman, but, you know, he's kind of been overshadowed by uh, – I can't think of his name now. The other receiver that's so good. Yeah, I've drawn uh, a blank too. Uh, but uh, Lenny, Lenny Ham, is that right? I can't remember. Anyway, uh, but Hudson, 137 yards, two touchdowns again Saturday. I believe he, I believe he got uh, on ESPN because he mossed somebody. Did he really? I think so. <laughs> he, yeah. He's got a little bit of that in him. Yeah, and I think <laughs> Randy Moss even mentioned him too on the uh, – Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's good for the cred. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, my note said I believe that ends the Bears season for this fall, <laughs> but apparently not. So, uh, you know, they've had an impressive run. They, you know, they're 4-4, four and four, right. but, man, they've played some competition this they, year. They have, and it, it's a shame that they didn't get to play uh, their conference schedule because, man, they're loaded with talent this year. They are. Experienced quarterback, two stud receivers. I think they would have had a shot to win conference outright this year. Right, I agree. I agree. They would have been uh, – it would have been fun to watch them for sure. Um, I do have uh, some more notes on the Wilcoxes. Uh, Cannon, Cannon had a good game Thursday night. You know, Cooper played really well. He was our, our player of the game for the Greenbrier Panther Sports Network. Great couple great passes. Ran the ball, scored a touchdown, threw a bullet to uh, Thatcher Strack for a touchdown. Uh, and then uh, Matt Wilcox Jr. and the Eastern Kentucky Colonel. <laughs> They were off Saturday, but they will play uh, Stephen F. Austin this coming Saturday at 2 o'clock. So we got something to look forward to. We man. do. We do. <laughs> oh, me. All right, guys, that's going to wrap us up for our episode three of Between the Mats. Guys, again, thank you so much for listening. Um, the outpouring um, and positive feedback that we receive each week just keeps us wanting to do this every week. We can't wait to do it. We're having a ton of fun doing it. We hope you're enjoying it. And uh, just keep listening, share, subscribe, 
and uh, try to get the word out. Hey, if you'll help us and, and, and help us uh, grow, we'll we'll even get better. <laughs> and I'll get junk to quit telling jokes. <laughs> you know you love those shows. <laughs> but thank you all so much for listening. Tune in next week. Love you guys. Have a good one. You've been listening to Between the Mats, your year-round source for Arkansas high school sports with Matt McJunkins and Matt Wilcox, produced by Carl Spears. And special thanks to our sponsor, American Safeguard Insurance. I'm JB Brazil. Be sure to join us next week for another episode of Between the Mats.